hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Brown Taboo Project. Uh, we are here. We're queer. We're excited. Um, we have a very special guest with us today. I'm Tanya. And this is Sri. I'm so excited to introduce this very special human who is joining us from New York. Um, I guess contributing to our being all over the world kind of thing. So this very lovely human, we were we had the lovely chance of being introduced to when Sasma was presenting in New Jersey for Manavi. So we were presenting a whole weekend long workshop series, and this special guest Tara Roll was one of the people who we were introduced to that weekend. So we're so excited to be able to have her on the podcast. Tara Abrol is an LCSW licensed clinical social worker who focuses on trauma therapy and sex therapy. She has a private practice in Brooklyn that, important to know, is currently accepting clients. So if you're in the area, check her out. She also runs an awesome organization for sexuality education for all ages, which includes parent coaching, sex education in schools for young people, and providing consulting services online for adults wanting to explore and expand their sexual identities. You can find her at Big Talking Thara, or you can find her right now on our podcast. Thanks, Thara, for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So we're so excited that you agreed to come on and have a chat with us, mostly because it's kind of rare, I think, in this field to find people who are really wanting to talk about the bridge between sexuality and mental health and Mm -hmm. how those domains of um, just wellness and health interplay with one another. We often, we often get that for, for Sasma of people kind of being like, (laughs) what South Asian sexual and mental health, how are those things together? Um, (laughs) And to have a fellow South Asian in those fields, especially is so incredibly exciting. Um, so yeah, so could you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you bring those things together in your own work, in your personal life and professional life? Yeah, so I really feel that this is just my path and my purpose in life. So the way that I got started was I started out as a young person. Um, I grew up with an Indian dad and a Catholic mom. So (laughs) although they have basically nothing in common, the one thing that they did agree upon was you're not allowed to talk about sex ever. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, at least there's something they agree on. Um, And then I I moved around a lot as a kid, but then I wound up going to high school in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my sex ed in school was basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, I am 37. So I was like of the generation where the internet was like just first starting to mm-hmm. become, you know, like everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had access to like all this information. I, you know, as any teenager, like I had all my friends going through like all the shit that they were going through. And I was just like, why is no one talking to me about this? Like, even (laughs) as a young person, I was like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't believe that like, I have to figure this like huge complex thing out, like all by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that was my childhood. <laughs> like, in a nutshell, that's what happened. My identity is wrapped around not talking about things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, mm. And so I just, I, I don't know. I was just, oh shit. I was motivated from, a, sorry, I almost spilled something. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, I was motivated from a really young age to just change it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mm-hmm. went into undergrad, uh, wanting to work, knowing that I wanted to work in nonprofits with young people, um, mm-hmm. started like peer mentoring of young people around sexuality, education, blah, 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 got my social work degree and then started doing like regular trauma therapy, okay. but then was also kind of doing this sex ed stuff for young people on the mm-hmm. side. Gotcha. And then as I grew in my, um, the profession and just like really understanding what my point of view was for healing. I just, I mean, there's no way that you could not recognize the innate connection between those two. Um, and so, yeah, so especially the past few years, just figuring out how to integrate sexuality as a part of regular healing, not only for people that like 
outright identify as like people that experience trauma, but basically just for all of us. Mm-hmm. 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 So how do you incorporate that into your work in a typical setting or visit in terms of, um, obviously if someone's like presenting with some sort of trauma history, especially a sexual mm-hmm. related trauma history or some sort of sexual relationship issue, they're like, cool, great. That's, that's my tie in. But if you are seeing someone who's just like, I'm just dealing with run-of-the-mill depression, or unless maybe you don't get those many clients these days, because maybe in terms of being a more specialized practice. But I'm curious about how you like weave that in and how you see that as being intrinsic to our experience and and healing overall. Yeah. So I would say I again I feel like I'm living in my purpose. So I feel like the clients mm-hmm. that I get are mm-hmm. the ones that I'm supposed to have, right? Mm-hmm. And especially as I get older and I get just more seasoned as a practitioner, you know, I I know very intuitively like who who I have the skills, the skill set mm-hmm. to really help and like who would be a really great client with me. And I just feel like people that come in like just looking for treatment on depression or like people that are saying like, um, I really want like CBT, um, kind of therapy. Like those are people that I'm just like, Oh, that's great. You know, that's not what I do. Like moving on. You're in New York. There's only a million other providers. That <laughs> right. <can go> to. <laughs> yeah. So that's one, but also, I mean, Again, like not, I definitely have clients who do not identify when I first start seeing them as people who have experienced trauma. But Mm -hmm. then once you get into their stories, you say, you know, whether you want to identify it as trauma or not, that was a really challenging experience. It seems to, you know, still be affecting you. Um, so in those ways, um, I can still work with people like that and do. And in terms of integrating the sexuality, First, the way that I think about sexuality is just much more expanded than sort of what the popular notion of sexuality mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. like preach, genital preach. focused and, you know, that's right. what our sex is, you know. Um, so it's much broader than that. Uh, and also, I just ask people about their sex lives much more often and um, <laughs> yeah, girl. much more. <laughs> Uh, like towards the beginning, like it's just something that my clients become really used to. And at mm-hmm. first, some of them are kind of weirded out. And sometimes I'll start that by being like, "Hey, I'm going to ask you a really weird mm-hmm. question." Right, right. But people have sex life right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah. So that's like a that's like definitely something that might be a little bit different or that helps me integrate sexuality into there, but also mm-hmm. the somatic approach that I use. Mm-hmm. So helping mm-hmm. people really focus into their body um, because mm-hmm. I believe our sexuality is inherently our connection to our body and yep. then that connection yep. mm-hmm. with other people or not. Um, so yeah, I consider mm-hmm. all that sexuality, all the relationships we're in and people always mm-hmm. come with relationship issues, oh, right? Yep. Right. Yeah, that's my connection for sure. No matter what it is, I'm like, this connects back to relationships. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Word. Yeah. So wait, what is that? Because I'm curious about like, so as you're saying about as you're going through and, and at least like the initial times of sometimes people being a little bit like, how does sex, how is this related? I'm curious about for people for whom that notion is a little bit more um, foreign to them that sexuality mm-hmm. can be lots of things outside of genitalia. How do you explain that? Like, what does that look like to you in terms of what the fuck is this thing that we call sexuality <laughs> or sexual health? Right. So it's really interesting. It's more like a conversation, right? And I feel like sometimes you get that confusion or like that pause at the beginning, but then like three sentences in, everyone's like, oh yeah, totally, I'm on board. I get it. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, yeah, we just need to expand the language that we use when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so one of the most concrete ways is I just say, and it also depends on the client, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So for me in my personal life, I am a super spiritual person. So mm-hmm. if I was the client, I would use really spiritual talk, right? Like it's the, um, it's your soul that's in you. I mean, essentially that is your sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the quintessential essence of you. Like, who are you? What do you want? At thought you just saying core? that just turned me on. <laughs> like, Fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's how I would say it to somebody like us. 
but like for somebody else, so I'm working with, um, an adult man. And so he definitely doesn't use that, that (laughs) sort of language. Mm -hmm. Um, so for him, I think about like, well, you know, that little voice inside of you, like, (laughs) you know, what is that? And like, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, um, especially people that are more stuck in their heads, they might be like, well, that's my conscience or, you know, again, this language that people are just used to, Yeah. but then in therapy, since therapy is created to explore and expand that stuff, Mm -hmm. sort of giving them the permission to do that really just, I feel like opens the door and then people get to decide like what they want to do with a more expanded door, you know? For sure. Yeah. I don't know if we had actually laid this out for you before. I realized that this might have been an oversight. Um, so you know that I'm in mental health myself, right? Like getting mm-hmm. my PhD in counseling psychology, obviously a lot of interests in sexuality as well. But it's, it's kind of funny that it shook out this way just because with our other two members traveling that it ended up being the three of us on this episode today. Um, because Danya's background is actually specifically in reproductive biology. Mm, biology. Oh yeah. my God. Amazing. Yeah. So it's like a fun <laughs> confluence yeah, of worlds. We have like both basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it, I think it's interesting because like, so I work in the HIV world, right? And like, okay. Sexuality is, I don't know, it's a very, like, I can't exactly describe what I'm trying to say, but, like, we talk about sexuality not always holistically. It's mm-hmm. very, like, oh, men who have sex with men, their risk is this. Like, yes, they're behavior that, right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's, like, I don't know, it, like, I feel like often, it, even presenting, like, stats or epidemiology mm-hmm. or, like, mm-hmm. it really erases, like, people's identities and mm-hmm. just, like, puts them down to like these people have anal sex and you know they, <laughs> they have a 37 no, like, chance yeah, of developing they HIV. have a one yeah. in two lifetime chance of developing hiv or like you know um or you know if is that a true it. is that a true stat so for black men uh, black men who have sex with men the lifetime risk is one in two black men who yeah. have anal sex Correct. with other men yeah with other men um the oh. lifetime risk of getting wow. hiv is one in two holy fuck um, in the yeah. entirety of the united states in the united states that is insane for, um, dude yeah latinx men i think it's like one in six if i remember correctly don't quote oh me on that God. the one in two i know like that like because that's just startling statistic like it's like burned into my brain holy um, shit, dude! but like it's it's very interesting and like you know we like you know, in my clinic, like we have mental health therapy, we have all these things. And like, we have lots of folks who struggle with their sexuality or like, uh, don't necessarily have a label for their sexuality. Right. We have like, um, we have like, uh, folks who identify as men who are married to women who have male partners, mm-hmm. but they will never say that they're gay or bisexual. Mm-hmm, right. And like, mm-hmm. And then we have like other therapists who aren't that great, who are like, <laughs> um, are you gay? And you're just like, that's not how you take a sexual history, man. Like, <laughs> if you ask, you ask, you know, who are your partners? Like, you know, like you ask yeah, yeah. about like Behavior, how you have, yeah. yeah. Like what kind of sex are you having? Right. Yeah. Like you don't have to put a label to it. You mm-hmm. just need to know what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And like I teach as an educator, like, you know, I talk a lot about like taking us a conference of history and things like that. LGBTQ 101. And like, I don't know, man, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very strange strange intersection in my world very specifically mm-hmm. um, sure. where yeah we like reduce people down to like are you having anal sex or not right mm-hmm. you know? yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 and I I totally feel that too in terms of I mean obviously like the intersections of identity that are happening here right mm-hmm. and have that same sexual history thing of like going to my primary care and getting asked so I identify as a bisexual woman right and I was for many years in a monogamous partnered relationship but it was like this reductionist of like, okay, what's your sexual orientation? I say bisexual. And mm-hmm. then they're like, um, and yeah. And then it was like, I have in here that you've been, you're in a monogamous relation, like you're in a relationship mm-hmm. with a man. Right. And then uh, like any of my women partnered activity just out the window, like doesn't yeah. matter okay. at all anymore. And I'm like, whoa, dude, like you haven't <laughs> actually investigated that to just make that yeah. assumption to be like, Oh, you're fine. Like you don't need testing. I'm like, girl, you don't know my life. Like, right. like you right. know, it just, yeah. and just the, the, the way that it gets so simplified and then like mm-hmm. being a queer Brown woman and bringing those positionalities into any of this work. Right. And mm-hmm. just the ability to nuance things I feel like is so 
often lost. And then in, in that and being so reductionist and like box, 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 this thing, that thing, that thing. Yeah. Like check. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, yeah. you forget the holism, like the integrated mm-hmm. sense of how these things actually mm-hmm. really do come together, together. to a person's yeah. health and wellness and like just their flourishing in life mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. And like, I will say like, I've never even been asked outright by a primary care doctor, like, you know, how do you identify? And I actually was looking at my chart the other day and it just lists like male partners and no one's ever asked me though. Like, Mm -hmm. do you only have male partners? Mm -hmm. Like what, you know, what is your deal? Right. Like, I was just like, (laughs) this is so weird. Like you never asked me, but it literally says like everything on my chart that you just assumed about me. Yeah. Like that's not, how you're supposed to doctor anybody. <laughs> like, oh, this is wrong. This is not how you doctor. Who taught yes. you how to doctor? <laughs> did you go to med school? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, they probably yeah. did, but they just they, didn't they talk did. about this they shit. Like, yes, yes. Um, so that actually brings up an interesting point. So a couple of years ago, I um, was, um, I forget what my exact role was, what the title was called, but like I was working with the American Medical Students Association. Right, right, right. Um, and basically it was a, it was a course that they have called the Sexual Health Leadership Course. And um, they recruited like educators to do like small group sessions with, you know, you have, they give you like four med students and you have them for a period of like six to nine months during this course. And so you get to interact with them and, but you are doing like basically like sexuality one-on-one with them Mm. on a much deeper level because you know the statistic was like oh med students only get like four hours of any kind of sex sexual health or anything related in med school yeah and like I don't (laughs) wait wait they get a lot more like reproductive health reproductive biology but not like like, sexual health yeah like sexual health like so we were like you have an OBGYN rotation I don't right 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 right. but like I think it's it's very like very medical, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, like you're overexploded. Okay, that's oversimplifying it, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, versus like your your true, like you know, looking at the different gender identities and that exist, mm-hmm. that gender is fluid, like all those things. If you have a transgender patient, like that, you have to know what organs they have, right? Because you might you might have someone who, um, you know looks male on the outside if you don't ask you're not going to know that they were they have ovaries, you know born yeah. female at birth yeah. and like exactly like you're going to miss that they need a pap smear or they mm-hmm. need a breast exam like whatever it is right mm-hmm. like um stuff that seems like very basic I think to us as people who work in the field mm-hmm. but it's not to literally anybody else and it like kind of blew my mind um that we overlook this so much all the time I feel like that really speaks to just the stigma around sexuality Mm -hmm. that even medical professionals have so much stigma around that. I'm like, if you as a doctor who Mm -hmm. are, you're in charge of taking care of my body, if you can't. If you can't if you be can't. an expert in this, like, who the hell am I supposed to Right, who am I supposed to, to go to? The internet? Like, right. Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like, um, and, you know, I keep the coming back to Instagram. the internet. Oh, but, like, God. that's literally what people are doing. When and- Pornhub oh, started, when Pornhub started their, like, sex education thing, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, I think that's really, really fucking awesome. And I was really excited when that yeah. happened. But I was, like the fact it that this needs to be the targeted ad campaign like the popular right. and it's so fucking true like i'm super mm-hmm. glad go go Pornhub that you're doing that yeah, but also right. it's like this is sickening right <laughs> like, like that's people are going to, to watch with. tentacle porn and then that's when you learn about like how sex <laughs> and like health reproductive health works <laughs> exactly exactly and like um i i keep coming back to hiv because like that's where i am right now but like mm-hmm. um you know we um we talk about like post-exposure prophylaxis all the time, which Mm -hmm. is like, um, for folks that may not know, um, if you've had a very recent exposure to HIV, like a condom broke, or you got uh, assaulted or something like that within 72 hours, you can take one month, a one month course of three HIV meds and supposed to reduce your risk, not eliminated, but it is a reduction, like a proven Mm -hmm. reduction, right? Um, But like, so we have our clinic offers it, but like, sometimes people call it like, four o'clock on a Friday and like, mm-hmm. we can't do anything at that point mm-hmm. and trying to pinpoint like where else in the area people can get it is mm-hmm. a fucking nightmare because mm-hmm. we can say, go to the ER or go to the urgent care, but you, there is no guarantee that you will get it that 
the providers there will be comfortable because really? they have to take a small sexual history, right? Like a very, very basic one at the very least. And people are like, HIV, sexual health. Oh my God. Penis, vagina. What? <laughs> They're like, no, no, ma'am. Unless you have like a gunshot wound, we can't see you here. Oh, you know? <laughs> and it's like very, very scary because. Damn. Yeah, like, and that's how is it going to work if, it, if, it, if you can't get it? It's very time sensitive. And that's and like, an emergency. Yeah. yeah, it is an emergency. And like, Ugh. you know, what is the point of educating people that this thing exists? If we mm-hmm. send you somewhere, you're not going to be able to mm-hmm. get it. Right. Like, right. Um, yeah. It's and like a very, simple very medical important. intervention that does not. Exactly. And it doesn't, it's, it's not, you know, you're not doing surgery on someone yeah. Like, yeah. not to minimize like that people can have risks and mm-hmm. um, things like that. But like, it is, and it's, it's very much like the conversation around HIV that like, oh, nope, 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 not today, you know, and people get turned away and it could be life-saving potentially, right? So, yeah. I'm curious about that. How how many of your clients tend to be South Asian? Um, Or like in general, immigrant, family, whatever, whatever. Yeah, not... So like, not so much. I feel like maybe like a handful of people that I've treated have been South Asian and Mm -hmm. or immigrants. Um, I've never had a giant caseload though. That's never been um, just sort of how I've set up my schedule and my work. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't have percentages, but yeah, maybe like a handful. Yeah. yeah. I would say my clientele though is like super diverse, like across Mm -hmm. age, across mm. sexual identity across mm-hmm. gender identity uh like literally i probably had like one of everyone <laughs> <laughs> from like a five-year-old to like a six-year you know what i mean nice, mm. nice. yeah because <laughs> i was curious about if you and i mean obviously so much of this is going to be much more just interpersonal and based on an individual's personality and their ethos and all that but mm-hmm. i'm curious about in your observations whether through the therapy side of the house or the sex education side of the house you've noticed that there are any differences or sticking points in terms of how much people are willing to talk about mental health, sexual health, and and the interplay of those? Or is it kind of like across the board, you see that these are taboos and stigmas that are, you know, like, just regardless of your age or your race or ethnicity or any other kind of like identity variable? Yeah. So what's really interesting is across the board, there's taboo and stigma. Um, but I noticed that people's cultures, all different cultures, mm-hmm. right? Like age culture, generation mm-hmm. culture, racial culture, ethnic culture, blah, blah, blah. That just, it, it creates like a different flavor for how the taboo or stigma will show up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what makes it challenging to talk about or, or what is challenging to talk about? Or, um, yeah, it's just really interesting, like across the board, especially around sexuality, um, nobody is as open-minded <laughs> as they think they are. Mm. Um, Ooh, I want to, what, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We're> like, <"Ooh." laughs> well, let me also just say, um, before I forget, so I feel like the, the one place where I see it really makes a difference is people's history with mental health and or, um, sexuality education, we'll call Mm -hmm. it, and Mm -hmm. whether that's formal or informal. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like life dependent, right? So I've worked with young people who like, this is their vibe, like, this is how they talk, like, they're super into it. So like, bam, like, they have no problem. But then like, I've talked with other young people who are like, terrified, like, are you sure you're not going to tell my parents, like, can you go Mm -hmm. over confidentiality one more time? Uh, So it's really like more about like life experiences. Um, that I've noticed that. But yeah, in terms of people thinking that they're more open-minded, I mean, you don't know. <laughs> people people think they're like way progressive and then like you get like two feet in and you're like, yeah, there's some conservatism. <laughs> <How you doing? laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, sexuality is just, it's, it's kept hidden. Like mm-hmm. people feel super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. People, there's so much confusion because there's so much misinformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. framework for what sexuality is has really, I think, confused people to the point that they, they really don't understand like what mm-hmm. their sexual identity is, right? Like most people, if you said, 
Hey, like, who are you as a sexual being? They would, they would name like their sexual orientation. They'd be mm-hmm, like, Oh, mm-hmm. you mean like I'm queer? Oh, you mean like I'm heterosexual? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's like as far as they could think about it past mm-hmm. like their genitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because there's just such a lack of, of knowledge about this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I really do feel like we are the pioneers. Like mm-hmm. nobody has this stuff figured out. <laughs> no culture, no like generation at yeah. some point. Yeah. Like we're just, we're doing our best and making tons of mistakes. And I love to think that like when I'm 90, like the kids, more down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the kids coming up are going to be like, wow, you are, you're so old school and like, we're the most like radical people ever. Just because we're like, yes, let's talk about sex. Yeah. That's super radical right now. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, what will it be like when, yeah, that's like nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like, just like you said, like every generation thinks like they're better than the last. And like, it's it's true to an extent. Mm -hmm. But by that, I mean like, you always hope for progress, right? So you hope that Mm -hmm. you are better than like your mindset is more open than it was years ago or whatever. But like the truth, like it's true. Like nobody has their shit figured out. Like adulting, like what even is that? (laughs) Like, I feel like the older I get, like I'm 30, right? Like I'm just like, nobody else has any idea what they're doing. Like everyone just relies on like real fast. Somebody else who's like slightly older that you think is like the wiser person. You're like, Hey, how do I do my taxes? You know? (laughs) And then they're like, and they tell you and they sound really smart, but they probably figured it out themselves like two years ago. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one knows. It's a constant <laughs> duping process. That's yes. actually what life is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We all just fake it till we can't make it anymore. Yeah. Until we die. <laughs> but I'm so, okay. Cause so we're talking about how like in general stigma and guilt and shame exists trans culturally for sure across all sorts of different identity vectors, whatever. It's mm-hmm. not like just cause you're queer, you're suddenly so much more comfortable talking about sexuality, maybe mm-hmm. like a half step, but not necessarily significantly. So, um, but so we're talking about like in society and culture overall and the ways in which this boundedness that we've put on ourselves and, and the ways in which we live have really limited our ability to connect with our sexual selves in mm-hmm. a way that I think through the evolution of humans, like forget, you know, even predating language, like all of that I think has been so inherent, not that I've like, you know, really interviewed my 40 million years ago ancestors, but like (laughs) from what I, you know, my own just reading and understanding and like anthropologically just thinking about things of the ways in which sexuality is so intrinsic to humanness and animalness, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In general. Mm -hmm. And what the fuck has happened where that has been so lost and so buried and so shrouded and so like TT taboo. We can't talk about this, even though literally it's how, you know, all of this and so much of people's enjoyment in life comes from those connections. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck has happened that it's become so buried. And sex is yeah. why we all exist, right? Like right. literally yeah. that's how we're all here. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am super spiritual and then also a social justice warrior all the way through. So I feel like the answer to that question is the oppressive systems. Mm-hmm. And that's something that became really, really clear to me through trauma therapy mm-hmm. is that shit, if they disconnect you from your body, mm-hmm. if they disempower you from your body so that you're constantly dissociating and your body is no longer a safe place mm-hmm. yeah they fucking got you like that is ultimate power and control like shit mm-hmm. you can't even connect to yourself mm-hmm. to your own body that you are the only one in charge of mm-hmm. so i feel like whether because right is it like is it really an evil genius or is it just like is it, there's so much oppression and it's like also boring and monotonous but like when you put it all together like it's ruined the world like i don't know <laughs> But like somehow all different oppressions super hooked into our sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I think it, whether intentional or not, Mm -hmm. it is a formidable force. Mm -hmm. And which is why then through the trauma therapy I was doing, I was like, 
we got to do the other end too. Like, how do we get Mm -hmm. people to not experience the trauma? And I'm like, we need to ground and empower people first in their bodies, but hardly anyone knows how to do that. Yeah. Because it's sort of like presented as like, it's presented as like, of course, that's what you do. Like, there's no not doing that. But then when you sit with people and you sort of just like ask them a question about it, or you like help them explore it, then people recognize how disconnected they are. Mm -hmm. But until someone sort of helps you figure that out, or until you know, you take it upon yourself to really look at that, because the world really is created right now to be disconnected. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. we're like, we're all just going through the motions, like following along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Capitalism, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and um, basically, like, um, one of the things that I read, um, I don't know where it popped up, like on Instagram or somewhere that was like, you know, think about every every insecurity that you have, right? Every mm-hmm. ad that's targeted to you about like, your hair is falling out, you're fat, like whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but we, we, we all buy into it. We all feed into it. Right. We had a whole episode that we haven't not released yet, obviously, but about like beauty standards and like, especially in the South Asian culture and like so many mm-hmm. toxic things that are weighed upon us every single day, whether we realize it or not, it's, it's always there. Right. But like somebody, you know, they were like, you know, how, how do you get out of that mindset? How do you, how do you stop being marketed to and they were like think about every time you buy those products that you're benefiting not you you're benefiting like the oppressive systems mm-hmm. basically yeah. and then if you think about it that way like that can help you kind of be like you know what no I'm fat so what like screw everybody <laughs> you know like I don't need to be skinny I don't need to be fair I don't need to be mm-hmm. whatever lovely. it is that's being sold to you very <laughs> lovely I'm, I'm lovely as it is thank you okay. you know <laughs> um but yeah like it's 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 all made for us to be a cog in the machine, but Mm -hmm. not like our individual selves. And like when you have the freedom to be your individual self is when you, I feel like you, you achieve some kind of like Nirvana where you're like, nothing affects me anymore, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. really, really hard to get there because you're Mm -hmm. constantly being bombarded by these messages. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're all, their purpose is to make you hate yourself. Yeah. And then again, like if you hate yourself, well then I'm too stupid to, say what I really want or Mm -hmm. I'm too undeserving even. Yeah. Yeah, Undeserving. I'm too weak to get what I go after this. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Or what I deserve. Yeah. 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 I find this, I mean, this is like just even on a personal note, but I think for all of us, at least in like, you know, side conversations and whatnot that we've had, um, I think most people can agree to this in different ways, but again, like just not really talked about in terms of as it, relates to sexual empowerment and being able to find your voice and and yeah find your spirituality find your connection in whatever ways those those things that make your soul feel yummy and like wanting to plug into all of those things instead of like the hustle bustle and you know all the like things we have to do day to day whatnot mm-hmm. but i've also certainly even though i find myself to be I am a very openly, explicitly sexual person. People know that about me. I'm very like affectionate and relational and touchy, all those things. And people know that about me. And I, you know, tend to surround myself with people who generally share those philosophies and are at least comfortable with them, et cetera, et cetera. More so than the average person, I would say. And yet I still get things sometimes of like, oh, you probably like to have sex a lot, huh? Mm. And those, and it's just such that like, being torn between want to be like, well, yeah, fuck yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Like you got something <laughs> right. to say about it? What, what could be wrong with that? Like, of course right. that makes sense. If I'm engaging right. in like consensual, consensual, healthy sex where like in terms of public health, we're taking care of everything we need to, mm-hmm. what the fuck's wrong with that? But then there's still that automatic sense of, of like, no, I'm not. Why would you say that? Like, what's, you mm. know, like there's, yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? I just like sex as much as the average person. I just talk about it more. Like, what's wrong with you? And that <laughs> that pull of like wanting to own that and be able to be part of modeling that and like being able to be like, fuck yeah, I'm a freak. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But then also that that shame that is so inherent in that and not mm-hmm. necessarily wanting to be singled out or like 
feeling afraid even saying this right now, right? Those, those like tensions that exist within us and, and just how the fuck we manage that, right? Like listening to what's actually going on internally, but then also like wanting to be a quote unquote, like polite member of society. Right, right. Yeah. Like you don't want to stand out too much, right? Like we all have that. Yeah. And we've all internalized like all this stuff. And I feel like that is my biggest hope with the work that I do is that for people to connect to their sexuality just from them. Cause mm-hmm. again, like with my soul, like I don't want anyone else influencing that. Mm-hmm. Like I want to decide like what my soul is, what my sexuality is. And I feel like right now there's just way too much external influence on our sexuality so that most of us have no idea what our real sexuality is because also what's offered as sexuality is like literally like a pinpoint of like what the experience could be. And so then either we're trying really hard to fit into that or we're feeling really bad that we don't fit into it, or we're going to do the opposite of that because that's a lot of times all we can do mm-hmm. is, well, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go red. So I'm going to go blue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so it's like only in opposition. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's, we're not, we're not, re- it's not self-driven. It's not self-possessed. Yeah. yeah. So what the fuck do we do? <laughs> I'm like curious about, and again, this comes back to a question of like personally, professionally, and in, in whatever ways you feel mm-hmm. comfortable talking about it, not wanting to be prescriptive necessarily, but I'm just curious in your experience about like what you have found or talked about, whatever that can be helpful to kind of tap into and uncover those deeper levels and layers of sexuality, like what that means and how people want to explore that and understand that for themselves. And then, you know, therefore be able to potentially express it however they want. Yeah. So again, like this is how I started integrating this work is because I, I basically view like the part of you that's dealing with a traumatic experience and the part of you that's dealing with your sexuality is to me, it's the same part. So I treat it the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally our most vulnerable selves. Mm-hmm. And so for me and my work with people and also what I do with myself is just expand how I can expand my own, own vulnerability with myself, right? Like uncovering shit that I was like, Oh my God, this feels weird, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> that is what it is. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. separate from that, like what I want to share with other people and whatnot. And if we have time, we should really just like talk about how you don't have to share everything with everyone because I, I feel like people have gotten really confused about that, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. especially with like social media stuff. But anyway, that's like a bit of a side note. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, I mean, just like press your edges, like Mm -hmm. in, in ways that feel comfortable to you and also in ways where it's self-driven, right? Cause that's what I love about Mm -hmm. therapy is I'm there to hold space. I'm there to be, a guide when the other person like feels like, Oh God, like I'm totally in the dark. Like I don't know which way to go. And Mm -hmm. you know, like I call out with my voice, like the light is over here, like come back over here. But like by no means am I like, you're going to China, like you're going (laughs) to fucking Arizona. Um, but I'm yeah. curious, I don't know, in the, in the way, and like, so a big part of why we started the Brown Taboo Project as, as a subsidiary, I guess, or additional thing of SESMA, of our umbrella overall, mm-hmm. is because we heard from so many people, um, certainly South Asian American, but just like in general about mm-hmm wanting to really benefiting from having some of these conversations that are more stigmatized and it is only through the process of having them more that we make them be a little bit more comfortable and commonplace Mm -hmm. and all that. And so part of it was wanting to bring the experience of what, you know, we hope that we're able to bring to you in terms of workshops and like content, but then be able to do it in a more accessible way that anyone can tap into. And therefore the podcast was born. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious if, you know, not necessarily like, 
not wanting to give away all your tricks necessarily, but in a similar <laughs> way, if there are things that you can think of that are helpful for people at home, for people who are listening, for people who don't have as fucking badass as a therapist as you <laughs> at, at their disposal. Um, yeah. What are some of those things that you would recommend that people can kind of get into to be able to plug more into all that depth and beauty and nuance of themselves and, you know, with their loved ones, et cetera, kind of like the DIY do it at home version of, of the work. Yeah. So there's like a bunch of ways to say this. So I'll, I'll say it in like three different languages to hopefully like cover like like different languages. (laughs) So like for me again, like I'm spiritual, right? So like for spiritual folks out there, I'm like, get your meditation practice on Mm -hmm. for creative people, for artist people, right? Get your, your creativity, like your, your art waves on, Mm -hmm. right? For Mm -hmm. like, people that are into dating it's basically like about finding your joy that needs to be your starting point mm-hmm. like don't let the framework of how sexuality has been presented as either a danger or a problem influence mm-hmm. you in any way mm-hmm. your sexuality is like your most beautiful connection to yourself so first you have to start from your point of joy and play mm-hmm. right what mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. you feel alive so that's why i'm like it, it would be different for every person mm-hmm. but once you you know you figure out what that is for you and don't like go too into it like oh god what if it's wrong da, da, da. like just try some shit like yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? and then if that doesn't work try something else like this will yeah. be fun and playful right. exactly that is the revolution like this is mm-hmm. not another way to feel bad Ask about you that yes. Yes. try to change yourself right yeah it's all yeah. about coming into who you are so once you find that point of joy Whatever that is, you I, I would recommend that then you bring a more embodied experience into whatever that is. Okay. So for instance, with me, with my meditation practice. So yeah, like I started meditation, whatever. I'm like in my head, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but then what really started shifting it for me is I created this intention of I want to experience my feelings with absolutely no story attached. Mm. So like, instead of like, Oh, I'm feeling sad. And then like my brain would want to, you know, intellectualization. Because like, XYZ happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm. It's like one of my defense patterns. So I'm like, what would my life be like if, if I didn't do that? Cause my joy was just like, you know, sitting in whatever, um, <laughs> like in a quiet space, like under a tree. And I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, life is amazing. I'm <laughs> So then what I did, so, so in what I did to create a more embodied experience of that is literally I started like having an internal conversation with my body. Mm. And what I noticed is that my body started talking to me, like Mm. either through like an emotive experience, Mm -hmm. like I would just really want to cry or Mm through like a, a pain, like, oh, there's like a lot of tension somewhere mm-hmm. that then mm-hmm. I can like, mm-hmm. not even breathe into, but like, just sort of be like, all right, like, I'm just going to pay attention to that now. So that really helped me um, ground into my body in a new way. Um, but again, like you have to know what your point of access is, because mm-hmm. if you think meditation is like the most terrible thing, like this is not going to like help you get more embodied. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to make you feel bad about yourself. Right. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. You're just going to beat up on yourself. And be like, this isn't yeah. working. I will never find my sexuality. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> it's lost somewhere. I'll never know. It's in the void. <laughs> I think there's, for me, I think it just comes back to this thing of like, and, and maybe this is just my bias of the world, but I do believe that, humans are our character that we are inherently sexual and that again that expansive definition of sexuality where i think Mm -hmm. a person who identifies as asexual and doesn't necessarily desire the same level of sexual interest as like quote-unquote the average person whatever um that there is still inherent sexuality in all of the things that are not defined as sexuality Mm -hmm. and that is yeah connection and spirituality and even 
and just experiences, right? And just being able to be present and thinking about like mm-hmm. an orgasmic sunset, right? Or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah. And, and experiencing pleasure and connection and meaning in all the ways that have jack shit to do with I mean, potentially even your body in general, but especially like erogenous stones or genitalia. Right, genitals. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that, I mean, just the, the framework of that, of like that, that is the root of freedom mm-hmm. is to be able to plug into those things and plug into the body and plug into like, what is the true self telling me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's always that balance then of like, okay, what is my, what does my hedonism say? Like, what do I want to do? And then like, okay, so I want to like, you know, have a job and like, do like, you know, whatever, whatever, abide by X, Y, and Z rules that I have to. Um, but just that, I don't know, bringing more, more joy and pleasure into just like daily everything. moments mm-hmm. 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 and that connection overall. Oh God, yeah. I find that so beautiful and empowering. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So truly, thank you for for sharing that and for taking the time to like to share some of your joy with us and with listeners and just thinking about the ways in which talking about this is in and of itself so empowering and just and dismantling to those systems that continue to oppress us um Mm -hmm. and yet it's like so easy to revert back to it right without Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. thinking about it of shaming yourself or shaming other people and 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 you know yucking people's yum like just the ways in (laughs) which we go about life I don't know how to break out of that monotony and make things that are make this like crazy thing that we have no idea what we're really doing on this earth make it actually connected and enjoyable and like all right Mm -hmm. we don't really know where we're here but we might as well have a good time while we're right while we're at it exactly (laughs) yeah yep 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 um and I think like just like you know what you both said just to kind of echo that like we talk all the time about like the lokyakahenge what will people Mm -hmm. say and like Mm -hmm. I think about even even with sexuality right or anything spirituality people are always trying to like categorize themselves or or Mm -hmm. people categorize each other and I think and in an attempt to fit in right be like oh like what's your sexuality are you bisexual are you asexual are you pansexual like mm-hmm. you can't just like be like I just I don't know man like, <laughs> I'm just sexual I don't yeah, know yeah. like or like I'm figuring it out like whatever you know like even that there's like you are then a questioning person like <laughs> literally a part of like the LGBTQ you know QQ I you know all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, right yeah. like mm-hmm. um and it's like you can't even like just be in your <laughs> questioning without having a category attached to it like I think that's with everything right and like yeah I I don't know it's really frustrating sometimes but I think this conversation is like what I needed to hear today oh thank you thank you yes (laughs) that's That's so sweet yeah Yeah, I was actually thought I was kind of hoping you would say that in terms of thinking about just like having a rough day and having difficult conversations and whatnot and I so I think listeners know this but like we are on a video chat with one another as Mm -hmm. we're recording and so Thania I've seen your affect brighten and like you become a little (laughs) bit less loaded you know through the duration of this conversation and it's yeah it's nice to see that on your face and I hope (laughs) that that's true for other people as well in terms of like just Mm -hmm. listening to this and just being able to take a second to breathe and like figure Mm -hmm. out what connects for them and what joy is and what pleasure is and whether however that involves sexuality or doesn't but like Mm -hmm. the fact that that is this is all you being one whole person Mm -hmm. it's your brain it's your body Mm -hmm. It's your heart. Everything. Quote unquote, how you identify. It's all the things that you can't identify that you can't Mm -hmm. put your finger on. Like all of that goodness wrapped into one. And yeah, just being able to share beautiful souls together and like (laughs) hang out. So truly thank you, Tara, for for taking the time and for bringing those conversations to us. Yeah, this was super fun. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I love talking about sex. That's great. Yay! <laughs> Us too. Um, Dara, did you have any like final shout outs that you want to do? Any questions that linger or like just plug in your stuff and anything that ways that people can find you and reach out? Uh, yeah. I mean, so the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Big Talking Sada. 
Uh, and then on there is a link to my website. And yeah, be in touch. Just look at my stuff from afar, like whatever it is. <laughs> like I really do genuinely love talking about this stuff. I love the work that I do. Yeah. So I'm always down to just like chat with people and like help them, you know, figure something out, like whether we're working together or not. Like I get just tons of questions on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, do you mind if I ask you something? <laughs> like, totally cool. Aww, <laughs> like, I, I feel like little, little stuff like that, you know, little by little is what is going to mm -hmm. change the way that we approach sexuality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everybody has questions. I want to like just put yes. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody has this stuff figured out. Yeah. And like yeah. the three of us, like people working in this field, like have moments of research, like, oh, all yeah, the stuff. Sure. Oh, God. Yeah. I feel like the deeper you go, the yes. more questions you have. The more questions so, like, there are. Sure. Please don't be embarrassed that you don't have it figured out. Yeah. Nobody has this figured out. Exactly. Back it's to the nobody yeah. knows so, how to adult. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a lifelong journey, just like yeah. everything else and like your taxes. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sex and taxes, the two same things in life. <laughs> Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, and it's so good to know that, I mean, in terms of the work that you're doing, we so appreciate your force out in the field. You are just mm -hmm. such a beautiful presence. And I feel, I mean, it, what you were saying in terms of like your purpose, your passion, your joy, it totally radiates off you. And it's mm -hmm. so beautiful to be in contact with. So truly thank you for sharing that and for, and for really finding that as your purpose that you wish to share it with people, with audiences in general, whether they live in New York and can come to you as a client directly, or like, mm -hmm. even as you were saying, kind of online classes and education and, and connection. So it's so awesome that you do that. And, and we really do appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit of that joy and purpose and vision with us today. So Absolutely. Thanks. thanks for saying that. <laughs> so as always, you can find us, The Brown Taboo Project, on any of your favorite platforms, including Spotify and Apple Play. Um, and you can also find us on our website, www.sasmha.org. You can always get in touch with us for any questions, topic ideas, workshops. Give us your sound bites. Tell us your stories. We want to know what's up with you. We want to know what you want to hear on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And definitely feel free to hit us up at South Asian SMH on Instagram and Facebook anytime you want. Just like Dara, we love talking to you. We love hearing about what's going on for you and what's meaningful for you to hear from us. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dara. This is Sri. This is Tanya. Okay, bye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Premature. <laughs> Sorry, this is Sada. Sweet. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you all next time. Have a good one. Bye. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The future is Bring it back.